Welcome to this new edition of the American Academy of Orofacial Pain podcast. I'm Isabel Moreno Hay. I'm the program director of Orofacial Pain at the University of Kentucky. And today I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dr. Jasjot Sani, who is a clinical assistant professor at UIC College of Dentistry in Chicago and also faculty at Advocate Illinois Masonic Hospital. In today's podcast, both of us were going to have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Janie Prodell. She's a professor in the physical therapy program and College of Dental Medicine at Miss Western University in Chicago, Illinois. She completed her entry-level physical therapy degree in Leeds, England, an advanced Master of Science degree in physical therapy at Rosalind Franklin University. Her doctoral and postdoctoral studies were conducted at the University of Illinois in Chicago. She has over 30 years of experience as a physical therapist, primarily in outpatient orthopedic settings, and was certified as an orthopedic clinical specialist by the American Board of Physical Therapy Specialties. Her doctoral studies examined motor control in focal dystonia, and her postdoctoral work examined functional and structural neuroimaging in patients with movement problems. She sees patients in the Physical Therapy Institute at Midwestern University with a physical therapy practice focused on neck pain, orofacial pain, and headache, and dry needling for musculoskeletal dysfunction. Her research focus is to ask questions related to motor control that will lead to an improved understanding of musculoskeletal movement dysfunction, particularly as it relates to orofacial pain and postural dysfunction. Dr. Prodell has authored numerous publications from her work. She's a certified cervical and temporomandibular therapist by the Physical Therapy Board of Craniofacial and Cervical Therapeutics, and she's currently leading a team in the development of a national clinical practice guideline sponsored by the American of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, a section of the American Physical Therapy Association on Temporomandibular Disorders, Diagnosis and Management for Physical Therapists. And I'm extremely honored to be able to be working with her in this endeavor. Without further ado, Good afternoon, Dr. Sani. Good afternoon, Dr. Prodell. Thank you so much for taking your time and joining us this afternoon. Well, thank you for having me. I really much appreciate talking to you both. Thank you for inviting me um, to co-host with you, Dr. Moreno. And I think this is a really important topic. Um, the topic uh, Dr. Prodell is presenting uh, regarding physical therapy. My first question, Jenny, uh, would be, how can a physical therapist help a patient with TMD? Yeah, that's a really big question. I'll try to give that a good answer. Um, so when I think about individuals with TMD, I think of two of the biggest problems that they experience are pain and changes in function. And given the consequences of having pain every time somebody opens their mouth, every time they chew or swallow, or even while they sleep, that can be profoundly impactful on their quality of life. So along with patient education, pharmacological support, and oral appliances, physical therapy is one of those evidence-supported, recommended, first-line conservative treatments for TMD. Um, our best practice standards at this time for TMD recommend a conservative care first before moving to more invasive and non-reversible interventions like surgery or changes in occlusion. 
And physical therapy fits that conservative and reversible approach and certainly has a growing body of evidential support behind it for positive patient outcomes. Um, the National Organization of PT is the American Physical Therapy Association. And just by way of definition, a PT is defined by them as a movement expert who improves quality of life through prescribed exercise, hands-on care, and patient education. So PTs are licensed healthcare professionals who help manage patients manage any acute or chronic problems, and that can include temporomandibular pain. Um, and it also includes pain that can spread beyond the orofacial region to include the head and neck. There's a fairly strong association between jaw disability and neck disability, for instance. So considering other sources and contributions for TMD symptoms beyond the orofacial pain region is important. I think on a first visit to PT, it might help explain how a physical therapist can help an individual with TMD if I kind of talk through what the process would be. And on a first visit, a patient should expect a very comprehensive initial examination that would include a very detailed history and a comprehensive physical exam. And PT is one of those professions that gets to spend a lot of time with their patients. And this can be really important for these individuals. That can be quite a lengthy process to really dig in and try and figure out all the things that are contributing to the symptoms that they're having. And I really can't stress the importance of that initial care and exam enough particularly in the orofacial region, where screening for other conditions that are out of scope of physical therapy is very important. So if that's the case, the role of the PT there is to refer the patient to the right healthcare provider. And that's likely going to be an orofacial pain dentist, a neurologist, or a patient's primary care physician. So PTs use a biopsychosocial model of care we always have, and that is the recommended model of care for TMD. And this incorporates the patient fully into the treatment plan. So after the initial evaluation, a patient should expect the PT to explain their findings and any recommendations for care. And the typical sort of interventions that a PT might use include things like manual therapy, therapeutic exercise, neuromuscular re-education, and a lot of patient education. So occasionally PTs might use electrotherapy or thermal agents to help control pain symptoms such as laser therapy, ultrasound, heat, electrical stimulation, but that should never be the primary approach to treatment, just an adjunct for pain management. So defining those terms just a little bit more, manual therapy is really any technique that where the PT uses their hands as a tool to improve joint or muscle function. So if there is potentially a limitation in the amount of mouth opening um, a patient can achieve, then mobilizing the joint to improve pain-free motion would be an important goal. If there's a lot of muscle pain, for instance, we might use things like manual soft tissue techniques or tools such as trigger point dry needling to help relieve tightness in those trigger points and improve blood flow uh, to promote healing. So dry needling particularly can be a useful adjunct tool in physical therapy because it allows us to reach some of those deeper masticatory muscles that we can't reach otherwise with our hands. Um, therapeutic exercise is a different approach, and that's usually used in conjunction with manual therapy and neuromuscular re-education. And that's really helping to promote a normalized jaw motion. So we know that not having enough motion can significantly impact somebody, but what about if they also have too much motion? Either of those cases can be problematic. And we know that prolonged pain itself can lead to maladaptive motor control, 
And as the brain changes to adapt to that pain through neuroplasticity, we also then get changes in the motor control or movement control of the orofacial area. So an example of that is a patient who is unable to disassociate jaw movement from, say, lip movement or jaw motion from neck motion or neck muscle activity. And that's where the role of that neuromuscular re-education and exercise comes in to better promote more higher quality, normalized motion to help the nervous system regain normal movement control. We kind of have a general saying in physical therapy that motion is lotion. Um, and that's true for all patients with musculoskeletal pain complaints. And we see this through empirical research in other pain conditions and other parts of the body like low back pain. But the more we can control and normalize movement, we can change the motor control of the region and that can lead to reduced pain and disability. So that's true in temporomandibular disorder as well. I would say that a really important part of PT is spending time with the patient, educating them about the condition and the control that they have in managing their symptoms, particularly if their symptoms have lasted for a long time. And then as importantly, teaching them the strategies that they need to prevent or manage future flare-ups or symptoms. So that might be by making them aware of abnormal functions of the joint, which we call parafunctions like clenching, tongue thrusting, bracing, et cetera, and then educating the patient about how they can manage those, maybe through exercise, mindfulness activities, breathing, relaxation, any of those things that will have a goal of empowering the patient to manage control the symptoms. So even if initial symptoms are resolved, occasional flare-ups we know happen because of the outside forces in the patient's life whether that be stress or unusual jaw activities or trauma or any time they're held open for too long with their mouth. So that can promote a joint or muscle pain flare-up and learning to manage those future flare-ups so that we can get quicker resolution of symptoms can really have a big impact on improving a patient's quality of life, reducing their anxiety, and then reducing healthcare utilization costs down the road. So, uh, <laughs> Dr. Sani, that was a very long answer to a short question, and I apologize. But in summary, I think PT can do a lot to help patients with TMD. Thank you very much. That was definitely very insightful, and I would agree that you guys have a lot of tools that can help patients. So my next question to you, Dr. Pradell, would be, you know, we can observe that maybe in clinic we have two subset of populations within the temporomandibular disorders. Those patients that might come with TMD, temporomandibular disorders of uh, acute um, duration, maybe in the last three months, six months, maybe as a result of an injury. And then we have another patient population that might have more chronic temporomandibular disorders. They've been suffering from TMD for a longer period of time. Are there any differences from a PT standpoint in the way that you approach and manage an acute TMD case? in comparison to a more long-lasting chronic DMD? Oh, wow, absolutely. Um, I would say this sort of defines my patient population, the acute individuals and those with more chronic symptoms, and how we approach those and help the patient manage those should be and is very different. So individuals with more acute pain or acute episodes of joint locking or limited motion typically have quite a high intensity of pain that's debilitating. And in those cases, the first line of treatment is often to just work to reduce the symptoms as quickly as possible to engage the jaw in normal activity and function so that the body can heal itself and promote natural healing. 
So I often say to my patients that this part of the body, more than any other joint or set of muscles in the body, is built for motion and function. The joint is moving thousands of times a day. And if it didn't have the ability to remodel and heal, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. So our goal in physical therapy is often to get the body, the brain, the right set of circumstances to do what it wants to do, which is to heal itself and normalize function. The brain doesn't want to continue to be in pain, neither does anybody. Um, so that may mean a short-term changes in behavioral function and a lot of education to allow the joint to heal, but that should quickly progress to introducing normal movement and activities to promote that healing. So in a case of a patient maybe who has problems with locking of the joint acutely, that means they can't either open or close their mouth. They might need a bit more hands-on help through manual therapy techniques to get that mobility back. But again, they have to quickly engage in more exercise activities to promote normal movement control. And then to help address that long-term change in behavior that could address any of the activities that are um, potentially perpetuating or the onset of that initial pain, then we might need to do a lot more education or even refer the patient to a dentist for oral appliance management. Um, But many instances of acute onset first, especially first onset TMD pain, can resolve on its own without any specific needed intervention once patients are made aware of what's happening and how they can manage it. Sometimes they just need a bit of education and information from either a PT, a dentist, or a primary care physician to really just normalize the experience and reduce fear. And giving them the right activities and education about what they can do to promote healing and protect the jaw in the short term should help hopefully see some resolution of symptoms in a few weeks. And that if they're not resolving within a few weeks or the symptoms are worsening, I think that's an indication that they need to go in and see somebody, whether that's a physical therapist um, or an orofacial dentist. And really, we want to get the person back on a healing track as quickly as possible. But for our individuals with chronic symptoms, which unfortunately are the larger proportion of patients that tend to end up in the healthcare system, and by chronic, I mean probably lasting more than three months, they typically need a much more structured intervention program in physical therapy that should be multidisciplinary. Um, So in those cases of uh, chronic pain, we tend to see spreading of the pain much beyond the orofacial uh, area, much beyond any original site of injury. And we often see pain developing on the other side or down into the neck or up into the head or even down into the shoulder and arm. And so typically a much more structured, slightly longer plan of care is going to be needed. Um, And that structured nature of the program should also account for the underlying biopsychosocial factors that might be exacerbating the pain condition and accounting for their abnormal neuroplasticity. Um, We see these patients who are centrally sensitized and everything is hurting. Um, And that sort of can lead to that abnormal or promote that more abnormal motor control. And when motor control patterns change, a patient can no longer isolate just the masticatory muscle function. They start to pull in all kinds of other muscles. And when too many muscles are used for too long, that can lead to a secondary kind of myalgic or myofascial pain. So even if the primary condition was joint-related for temporomandibular, it can quickly involve the muscles of mastication, the neck muscles, et cetera. So abnormal movement control doesn't serve normal function, and it actually can lead to the persistence of pain, even when the original injury or insult to the tissue has resolved. 
And there is a pretty strong neurophysiological and anatomical connection between the trigeminal system, which is the part of the nervous system that um, supplies sensation to the temporomandibular joint and the muscles of mastication, and the cervical uh, nervous system or the cervical nerve roots, meaning sometimes that the brain doesn't even know where the pain is coming from anymore. And that can sort of explain some of the spreading of symptoms that we see. And it's also possible that the pain in the face is actually not coming from the temporal mandibular region. It might actually be coming from the cervical spine based on that shared uh, sort of innovation and cross-talk between the trigeminal and cervical systems. So but regardless of where the pain is coming from, the treatment strategy for our individuals with more chronic problems has to be to engage and normalize the movement system. Again, using those manual therapy, neuromuscular re-education, therapeutic exercise, and a ton of education for these patients to learn how to manage uh, their own symptoms. So um, I would say for the acute care, for the acute situation, we might only be talking about one or a couple of visits to help normalize function. But for our individuals with the chronic pain, it can be a little bit more dependent on what the individual patient is presenting with. So a colleague of mine, Steve Krauss, and I um, really wanted to help provide some um, insight into that. So we published a paper in 2019 in the Journal of Craniomandibular and Sleep Practice, where we looked at outcomes and patient satisfaction following a plan of physical therapy care for one specific subtype of TMD, which was displacement without reduction with limited opening, to see how these individuals were impacted um, by physical therapy. So these people have real difficulty opening their mouth, a lot of pain, and we think that some of the pain is because the disc is a little bit displaced, but in general, how are these people going to do with tailored individualized physical therapy? So this was a small study, but we look backwards at the records of about 97 patients who were referred to PT from a dental provider, different dental providers, to see what were their typical outcomes, what was their satisfaction, and how long did it take? And so the individualized PT approach was designed for each patient, which is another reason why it's hard to do research in this area, because we actually know that we need to individualize care for the needs of the patient. So it used some combination of therapeutic exercise, neuromuscular re-education, manual therapy, modalities, electrical, thermal, and a lot of patient education and behavioral modifications. And so in that study, we found that across those patients, the average number of visits was about 5.5. So almost six visits, and they led to significant improvements in decreasing pain and improving mouth opening. And the patients themselves rated themselves as satisfied, more satisfied than less satisfied with their outcomes. So that doesn't mean that every patient only takes six visits. That's sort of an average. The range in that study was one visit to 27 visits, and partly it's going to be due to the acuity of symptoms, this acute versus chronic nature, and what other comorbidities those patients might have. So I often tell my patients who don't have a lot of comorbidities and more simple TMD, I would really expect you to be feeling significantly better with physical therapy within three to six visits. And if you're not, then we're going to be taking a closer look and we may need to refer you out. I typically structure my care plans to for these chronic patients to see them about once a week to allow those IO behavioral strategies and changes to occur from, through the patient's home activities. The acute patients might need to be seen a little bit more frequently, one, two, or even three times a week to get rid of that acute pain. And then we might need to extend that care plan for the individual patients who have 
a lot more spreading of symptoms beyond the TM area or into the head, neck, et cetera, or whoever significant other comorbidities. So I would say, again, to circle back, that kind of gives you a general idea of how PT care should be different between acute and chronic. Um, and I would say the take-home message there is it should be individualized to the patient. We certainly have evidence that just giving patients exercises is not as effective as engaging in structured physical therapy. And I think part of that is developing that connection with the patient to empower them that they can't necessarily get just from doing exercises on their own. Thank you, Dr. Prodal, uh, for explaining the differences so well uh, between the acute and chronic TMD patient types. And I think you touched on a very important point about patient education. Uh, that's really important uh, when we are managing OFP um, patients with chronic pain conditions um, as we need to approach them differently, but also the role of the orofacial pain um, specialists and PTs when they work together on these cases is highly important. Uh, I think you might have touched on some forms of pain disorders that PTs could help um, with, but if you could further elaborate uh, on more specific forms of orofacial pain that PTs might work with, uh, which are apart from TMD. Yeah, um, so when we think about temporomandibular disorder, that's certainly a large subset of patients with orofacial pain conditions, probably the biggest uh, subset. Um, and physical therapists in general should be well-trained or trained in some way to help manage those symptoms. Um, but I think other orofacial pain conditions require a little bit more advanced training. And we certainly work with individuals who have other disorders such as headache, different forms of neuralgia like trigeminal neuralgia, other symptoms affecting this region like tinnitus or a mandibular dystonia, et cetera. And PTs work with all of those conditions to you know, support their other uh, management strategies. But there are plenty of other orofacial pain conditions that are not appropriate for PT. And those are conditions that really need pharmacological support as the primary means of treatment. So that would be things like burning mouth or some other forms of headache. So I think it highlights the need for physical therapists who are working in a direct access environment to be very thorough with their screening to make sure that the patient they're treating actually fits the scope of PT practice. And if it doesn't, then I think it's incumbent upon us as healthcare professionals to help the patient find and get to the right healthcare profession, in which case, in many cases, that's going to be an orofacial pain dentist or even a specialized neurologist. Um, so I would say for non-TMD-related orofacial pain, I think a little bit more advanced training is needed for physical therapists. Um, and then regardless, the physical therapist is going to want to work closely with the rest of the healthcare team. So you mentioned the training that a physical therapist needs in order to treat orofacial pain conditions in general. So when we are talking specifically about treating TMD, do all physical therapists are uh, qualified to treat TMD? What is the type of training they might need uh, to, to treat TMD? And what's the type of training they might need to go to the more complex cases in orofacial pain? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I'm afraid it's not a simple yes or no to do all PTs treat TMD um, because much like dentistry, accreditation and training standards have really changed over the past 10 to 15 years. So depending on when a PT graduated from their professional program, the answer is going to vary a little bit. 
So we can't really have a blanket answer for all physical therapists. So just uh, by way of background, PT is composed of 10 specific specialty areas in addition to general PT practice. And the largest specialty area in PT is orthopedic practice. And TMD falls within as a smaller subspecialty within that larger specialty. But certainly any individual that is working in the orthopedic area should have the tools necessary to start to be um, effective with these individuals. So currently in the U.S., TMD content is being covered at the entry level or should be covered in the entry level in all physical therapy programs through their doctoral training. So in 2018, I, uh, along with some PT colleagues and one of our dental colleagues, did a survey that looked at how TMD content is being covered in the curriculum of PT programs nationally. And we showed that it is covered in almost all programs. It was 98.8%. But there was a significant variation in the amount of hours devoted to TMD content. And that is eerily similar to what we see in the dental education programs as well. There's a wide variation across institutions on one. And I think one of the future goals of our profession needs to be to improve the standardization and training of all PTs. And then within the educational program, this kind of content is often spread out through the curriculum from anatomy to kinesiology, which is the study of movement, to evaluation, intervention, pharmacology, imaging, et cetera. And we know that just learning about a condition and putting the pieces together is not really enough sometimes to understand how to work with these patients, particularly when they have more complex forms of TMD. So one of the problems that we see, similar again to dentistry, is that a physical therapist, even if they graduate recently from PT school, they may never have actually had an opportunity to work with a patient. And that will decrease their confidence in working with this area. So sometimes when you ask PTs, have you had this training? And the answer might be yes, if they graduated in the last 10 years. But how confident do you feel? It's not particularly confident. And so there was a study in 2018 where they did a survey of all physical therapists in one state. I think it was Florida. Um, and they had a very, very small return rate. So we have to be a little bit cautious with the um, interpretation. But it kind of matches what I see uh, in talking to clinicians locally. And that about 70% of the responding physical therapists lacked the confidence to treat TMD. And they specifically pointed to deficiencies in their entry-level preparation. Now, my hope would be that if we repeated that survey in five years, we would have a much better outcome because significant changes have happened. So similar to the field of orofacial pain and dentistry, I think the physical therapy profession has a way to go to promoting more confidence and practical experience for new physical therapists so that we can be confident in treating this area um, and then better serve. This is a chronically underserved population. And we also have challenges educating other healthcare team members like dentists on the role of physical therapy and how to effectively collaborate together. And the good news is that there's a variety of advanced training options for PTs who want to learn about this field. Um, I'm a board member for the Physical Therapy Board of Craniofacial and Cervical Therapeutics. And that's an organization that was founded in 1999 by an international group of PTs that really work to promote more of an avenue for growth and evidence-based practice in this area. So we certainly have avenues by which PTs can get more advanced training. There's a certification process and an examination, and that sort of 
ensures that they've gained more advanced knowledge to treat not just TMD but other orofacial pain conditions. And so physical therapists who complete that rigorous certification process, you'll see the credential CCTT, which stands for Certified Cervical and Temporomandibular Therapist. But we're a small but mighty bunch. Anybody interested in checking out that organisation or any dentist or patient interested in finding a certified physical therapist should go to the website, which is ptbcct.org, to find um, a practitioner. Thank you, Dr. Prudel. I have a follow-up question in regards to that uh, regarding the uh, licensing and accreditation standards you mentioned mm-hmm. that have changed over years for PTs. How has that or any other factors or variables you've had over years, how has that all influenced uh, the changes in physical therapy practice, especially in relation to TMD um, over the past few, uh, few decades or years, if you can elaborate on that? Yeah, I would say it's changed tremendously over the past, say, two to three, four decades. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the expectation is that training of basic TMD evaluation and management should be covered now in all entry-level PT programs. But that was not the case when I was in PT school 30-plus years ago. So the profession of PT itself has changed, regardless of what area of the body we're treating in the last 20 years. There's been a change in entry-level credentials from a bachelor's level to a master's level, and now currently the current entry level into the profession is a doctor of physical therapy. So education standards, when those change to promote the ability to evaluate and manage individuals in a direct access environment, there had to be increased focus and attention on training physical therapists to do full medical screening and recognition of conditions outside of their scope of practice, and then improve their understanding of pharmacology and imaging, for instance, which are things particularly relevant here for TMD. So for patients, that's good news. That means that there's a little bit more way to access quality care um, versus having to go always through your primary care physician but it creates a challenge for a lack of understanding among professions of how patients enter into the healthcare system. So if a patient self-refers to PT, they will often engage then in a comprehensive exam to understand that the condition or the TMD, it truly is TMD and it's in scope of practice using rigorous diagnostic standards. But the PT then bears the responsibility to get the patient to another healthcare provider. And that's going to need careful consideration to grow local networks of healthcare professions. So the evidence base for PT has really changed over the past 10 to 20 years in this area too, but this continues to be a chronically underfunded area of PT research compared to other musculoskeletal conditions like low back pain. So I hope as we look to the future, there'll be some significant improvements in research funding and training and standardization of care for these patients. So you mentioned before, Dr. Purnell, as well, that, you know, how important it was to educate our dental colleagues, educate our physical therapists in order for us, for both groups, to learn how to work collaboratively. Would you mind sharing with all of us what would be, in your opinion, the ideal setting of what that interdisciplinary practice will look like for the management of orofacial pain conditions? Absolutely. So I'm fortunate enough to work in an educational setting, an interdisciplinary educational setting. And at our clinic, we have physical therapy, dentistry, primary care, speech-language pathology, pharmacy, etc. But I still struggle to find resources for the management of our more complex orofacial pain patients. 
And I'm lucky to be in the Chicagoland area and have colleagues like Dr. Sani to refer to, um, but not everybody is as fortunate to be to have somebody close to them to collaborate with. Um, the best part of my practice is really, I feel, when I can connect patients to the healthcare providers that they need. So the ideal setting for me would be an interdisciplinary team that would include an orofacial pain dentist, a neurologist, a psychologist who specializes in managing pain and empowering the patient to address their stress and anxiety, a pharmacist to address a lot of the polypharmacy issues we see that go along with pain, and obviously physical therapy. Um, and that can be hard to achieve for physical therapists or even dentists who work in the private setting. And they might be independent practitioners or work for an organization that has multiple clinics, but they're only focused on physical therapy. And in that case, we just need to empower our physical therapists nationally to create their own professional networks to develop that collaboration resources. And I like to call it conscious collaboration choices. Find the people in your area that are passionate and, and have training and are interested in growing and collaborating with, with evidence-informed practices. And I think that that is incumbent on all of us to learn more about each other's professions. Um, I have a very uh, personal question, actually, uh, to ask you, how can a dental provider or a patient find a PT to help them manage their TMD? Because we oftentimes struggle, even as orofacial pain providers, uh, to find a good PT. Uh, what are the credentials we can look in, especially if we have to manage a TMD case? Yeah, this is a chronic problem. It's something our profession needs to promote more of. So we mentioned earlier that we can look at the PTBCCT website, that's ptbcct.org, to help by search by state for people with advanced training. You can also look at the American, uh, American Academy of Orofacial Pain website, that's aaop.org, and they can find an orofacial pain dentist as well as a member physical therapist. But we're a small group. So if I could change anything about the world of physical therapy and TMD, it would be to promote more um, PTs who are passionate and trained in this area and help providers and patients partner with physical therapy more. So finding a qualified PT or even an orofacial dentist shouldn't be so hard for anybody. And I think a this can be a large contributing factor to the undertreatment and fragmented care that we see in this population. So when finding a PT or even another healthcare provider, it's challenging, but there are some things that I think they can look for. So um, you, if you're in a local area and you know that there are physical therapy clinics around you, these the types of PTs that you're looking for are going to be in those outpatient clinics or an outpatient orthopedic clinics associated with hospitals. And you could call and ask, are there any PTs in that area that are specifically trained to treat this area of the body? And that would be one uh, simple question to ask. If, if they don't have the credentials CCTT, and there's not many of us, then looking for some other credentials on their letterhead or their website that recognizes advanced training in orthopedics or manual therapy is also going to be helpful. So the letters OCS stand for Orthopedic Clinical Specialist, and that is the orthopedic specialty that includes temporomandibular disorder. So those individuals would have advanced um, certification in managing some of these more complex conditions. Similarly, any PT that's gone through advanced residency or fellowship training would have a more advanced understanding of this area 
and the use of, say, pain neuroscience principles and manual therapy to manage chronic pain more effectively. So for a dentist, finding a PT to collaborate with in their local community should be essential if they're planning on working with this patient. Physical therapists can make dentists look good and dentists can make physical therapists look good when we work together to collaborate and improve and help our patients. So I would say find a local clinic, invite a PT who's interested to come to your clinic to shadow you, invite them to your study groups, invite them to local meetings. PT should do the same for dentists. Let's start to grow the local network of people interested in this field. And the goal is to promote more uniform, best evidence-supported practice. So you can ask questions. A dentist could ask a question like, what diagnostic criteria do you use? They're making sure they're using the most current diagnostic criteria for TMD. Are they utilizing therapeutic pain neuroscience education in their practice? Ask them, how do you structure your sessions with your patients? Do they use more of an active educational approach to treatment versus that passive modality approach, which is no longer evidence-supported? Also, different PT clinics have different business models. So finding a PT in a clinic setting that has the time and resources to devote to the patients is important. So some large corporations and physical therapy companies sort of recognize that this area of the body kind of needs a little bit more careful consideration and scheduling and structure. So they might develop a smaller team of PTs in their, in their business organization or geographic area that specifically work with TMD and headache, et cetera. Um, so as a dentist or a patient, if you know there's a chain of PT clinics in your area or you have a clinic that you're interested in, call them up and seek out resources. Um, otherwise, generally smaller private practice clinics tend to have a more individualized patient care approach and they might have a little bit more time to spend with the patients or be interested in developing and growing their uh, area of practice. So don't be afraid if you're a dentist to reach out to a PT and say, hey, are you interested in getting more education? And then we could kind of work together to support these patients more effectively. So it sounds like we have lots of things to continue working and growing uh, in, in this area of orofacial pain and temporomandibular disorders to really bring that interdisciplinary practice. Um, so my question, Dr. Pradell, for you would be, how do you envision uh, what lies ahead of the PT profession in, in the field of orofacial pain? Oh, I'm an optimist. I believe the future's bright for both the specialty of orofacial pain and physical therapy in orofacial pain. Um, I'm currently leading a national initiative to develop a clinical practice guideline for physical therapists to support current best evidence practice for the diagnosis and treatment of TMD by PTs. And I think that this endeavor will have a significant impact for the future in terms of improving and standardizing PT care of individuals, as well as providing some educational guidelines for DPT programs. And I think it will empower clinicians, and we've seen that with other clinical practice guidelines through our organization, to use best practice diagnosis and intervention strategies. So our guideline development group, as you know, Dr. Marino, includes both physical therapists and orofacial pain dentists. And I say that because Dr. Marino is one of the um, group for the guideline development that is working hard to develop these national guidelines. And that's a multi-year product, a project that will take um, ultimately involve stakeholder feedback to make sure that we're including the understanding and needs of the patient. So I truly see that 
initiative as a bright future for improving collaboration for all realms of healthcare with physical therapists around TMD. I do think the 2020 paper from the National Academies of Science and Engineering and Medicine related to the priorities for research and care in TMD was, should have been and was a call to action for all of our healthcare professions to improve access to care, training in all disciplines, quality, standardization of care, and most importantly, multidisciplinary care and collaboration in TMD. And I think we would be a lot further along in serving patients who currently find it very difficult to access quality of care uniformly across the country, especially outside of metropolitan areas. So on a physical therapy note, we absolutely need to increase the number of advanced trained physical therapists for orofacial pain, and we need to empower our general orthopedic practice physical therapists to have more improved and standardized care for temporomandibular disorder. So I think developing these more standardized training programs using more rigorous educational models versus just the continuing education models that we typically see is very important. Um, We certainly need more clarity for dentists who are not orofacial pain specialists um, about what the role of PT is and how it can really help their patients. And we need to promote the use of PT as a first-line treatment for TMD that is not responding to just rest and education and oral appliance therapy. So I do think having conversations like this with you today, um, it goes a long way towards that. So I certainly thank you for um, allowing me to speak about what lies ahead and our multidisciplinary approach for this population. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And thank you to you. Thank you for all the hard work that you have done all these years in in pushing and and promoting this area. And and thank you so much for taking your time today to talk with us. Thank you. I've enjoyed it greatly to both of you. Thank you, Dr. Brudel. It was a pleasure. And thank you for your insight and uh, wonderful suggestions for the years to come for the PT and the collaboration which we have uh, as OFP and the PT providers. Thank you.